This is a fourth hand production. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental I don't you know, know. planes that they're building? And police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. There's this weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. Welcome to Strange Uncles. I am Shane. I'm Josh. <laughs> oh, wait, we don't have a John. Shit, I'm waiting for him to say something. He's not here. <laughs> yeah. Someone's got the net off. Uh, yeah, someone does. Um, yeah, we're missing a, missing a compadre on this episode. No big deal. You know, he had a lot of stuff going on. He's got a, a wedding to prep, I think. Not his, mind you, but, you know, just a lot of stuff. So uh, Josh and I are going to pitch hit this one. Um, how you doing over there? How's the, <laughs> I would ask you how the weather is because we're about to damn break some records this week. Yeah, I saw, well, I know this doesn't really have anything to do with you cause you're pretty far away from there, but I saw Portland was going to be like 111 oh. in the next few days, which is, God. uh, a lot hotter than they're used to up in those, that neck of the woods. I think. Absolutely. Well, you guys broke records what two weeks ago, right? Uh, yeah, last week, pretty much it. this whole month. We usually oh. have uh, one day above 100 in June, and all last week was 100 or higher all the week before. Yeah. Like We've we've meet, met and exceeded that a little bit. Uh, it's actually really nice today. It uh, got super windy yesterday, and then it's been, it was raining most of today, so it's a little bit humid, but it's like 70-ish. Yeah, but I'll take that any day of the week, dude. That's not, yeah, that's well, not it, I mean, it feels closer to 80 with the humidity, but it, like I'll take it over a dry 110 oh. any day. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, we are about to. So we're they're slating. We haven't done it yet, but they're slating. We're going to break records on Tuesday. It's supposed to get 110 and it has never been 110 in Spokane ever. Isn't it pretty humid there, too? Not really. We're kind of dryish because we're kind of away from, um, you know, we're kind of eastern Washingtonish, but we start getting into the trees type thing. So. You know, usually we don't really worry about humidity, uh, but man, I'll tell you it. Well, so the family and I, we're going to go over cross fingers. Last graduation. This is graduation season. I don't know, Josh, if you knew that, get your gun, get your permit because I'm it's a thing. Old as fuck. So no, I didn't. <laughs> God. But uh, I no, actually, it. I did. Uh, my nieces and nephews are all getting pretty fucking close to that age. Yeah, well, stand by for that one. So the wife and I, you know, mainly her family, but uh, we had one last weekend. We've got, or no, the weekend before we got one this weekend. So we're going to go over to an area in kind of the coast of Washington, I guess. It's like an hour from Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. And it's even supposed to be, they stay like in the 70s, sometimes the 80s. And it's supposed to hit 90 with like 60 something percent humidity. And that's Ooh. when it gets nasty. Yeah. I yeah. No, that's like actually dangerous. Oh, I like, hate it. Hate it. You know, so anyway. uh, I went on a family trip back to the East Coast around this time uh, a couple years ago, and we were in D.C. for like a week, and it was probably like 68 to 70, but the humidity was like 90 percent, and it felt like full on summertime here just Ugh. with how yeah 
how much hotter it is once you add humidity into it. It was fucking wild, man. I don't know how people live in places like that. I don't either. I, you know, not to get geeky and all technical on the podcast. However, you know, there's a difference between um, temperature and comfort and humidity. And nobody, yeah. if you the don't know that difference. Ambient- air temperature yeah. and what it feels like yeah exactly you can literally it can be 80 degrees at at a certain percentage of humidity and you're fine you take that humidity and you add 10 percent to it and you feel like you just walk through a shower like it just it's a thing you know it's your body swing so anyway years of a track work folks that's what uh that's what knowledge gets you so <laughs> anywho so we're yeah. looking forward to that uh, we'll be back but um i was going to say on this one uh, it was a weekend before we did the first graduation, and then we're off on this one. But last weekend, we went somewhere, Josh. Can you guess where the wife and I might have went to? Well, I mean, I could guess, but I know. <laughs> you do, so, sir. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess that it was a small town uh-huh. somewhere in Yold, Washington. Uh-huh. Uh, something to do with some type of festival revolving around a certain cryptid that is rumored to be native to those parts. Mm, yes, you're leading on the facts, sir. Definitely. Um, I will tell you, it was absolutely insane. So, uh, this episode here, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be a strictly recap. And it's going to be really cool talk. Uh, February, I caught this. So, you know, I'm prepping to move back and all that stuff. So I started getting... Spokane News, basically. And we got this little newspaper, kind of like you guys got on your side. It's called The Inlander. All like local stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And they advertised uh, something that was going to happen in June called the Medellin Falls Bigfoot Festival. And uh, automatically, I got... So let me set up the scenario a little bit for you, and then we'll... Yes, please do. We'll walk through this a little bit. We'll talk. We're going to talk about theories. We'll talk about who was there. Um, hopefully, it doesn't bore you guys. But I, I'll tell you, honestly... Well, Oh, man. I mean, I want to let all the strangers out there know how excited I am about this because you've been you've shared some details with us, mm-hmm. you know, uh, via the old group text and everything. But like, it's been pretty minimal. And I'm really excited to hear about like oh. all of the details and the weird shit that I'm sure happened. Oh, insane. It, absolutely insane. Yeah. So so let's start out with this. So it was I caught the tickets in February. And uh, they had just opened up like a, w- a week prior, I think, or something like that. Yeah. And so this town, Medellin Falls, mind you, when you talk small towns, it is for sure a small town. 150 people live there. It's 10 miles from the Canadian border. And so because of the size of the town, which obviously is just, you know, teeny tiny, they yeah. only had so many tickets available. So they only sold 90 tickets to the same because oh. they can't afford any more. And so automatically, bam, jump on it, get two tickets for the wife and I. And, um, yeah, and then of course we waited, you know, waited and waited and waited. And so, you know, we we're now we're in this juncture, um, just to kind of set it up a little bit, you know, I will say, so again, you know, Medellin falls really close to Canadian border, um, small little tiny towns, about two hours roughly from, from Spokane. And, uh, I, so the recap on the event itself, this, this was really cool what they did because they knew they, number one, they had such a, a, a draw of people. Like it, it number, and we'll cover it down the road. But between the researchers, investigators that that volunteered to go, not even the ones I reached out to, just the ones that, hey, wait a minute, what's going on? Oh, we want to be part of that type thing, you know. Like it was a word of mouth, and it got huge. And so what those tickets did was they allowed you to go actually listen to all the speakers and all the researchers, and investigators. Um, at one of their their playhouses, basically in town, they I'd one. It's like an old timey theater called the Cutter Theater, 
And yeah, did you get uh, pictures of that? By uh, the way, I I do. You know, bits and pieces. I took as many as I could. I got to send them your way, man. You and John both. Uh, the town. I mean, if you can Google it, just Google Mendeline Falls or Cutter Theater. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Like this is uh, a typical Mayberry you know, Washington, little poor town, <laughs> you know, in the middle of the, and what's really cool is it sets off what they call the Ponderay river and it's huge. It goes right through the Canadian border back and forth, but it, it literally is uh, like, you wouldn't even know there's a town there till you get up to um, get into the forest, get into the woods. Like you cross this bridge, you cross over yeah. the river and you, it's just amazing. That's a uh, picturesque. I'm looking at it on yield internet right now yeah 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 i said you just step back in time when you're there right so what they ended up doing was those tickets got you the speakers and the the lectures and then they open it up for anybody else so you know they had 60 70 vendors and and things like that this is what's really cool so Again, everything for the speakers was mainly centralized at the Cutter Theater. Uh, it's an old three-story playhouse. And, and when I say old, I mean like turn, you know, 1800s type thing. Uh, and what's neat is when the speakers weren't actually giving le- lectures, they were right outside the theater lined up in booths. So you could go out and you can talk to these guys and get their books or whatever they're selling or get an autograph or get a picture with them or whatever have you and just talk like weird Bigfoot to them. And so they had it right there. So that was for anybody that just showed up at the town. And they were guesstimating they were going to have, what did Bill say? He was. They were hoping for around 500 to 1,000 people. I think they topped it off at over 4,000 mark for both. Oh, days. wow. Oh, insane. Like even when we went up there the first day on Saturday, we got on the road early. And again, you know, two-hour drive from Spokane, you know, give or take as a crow flies. Uh, it was backed up. Like we, you know, it was like car after car. No, I mean, they're literally like one, two, three, four. There are like four streets in this town. There's like one building that's bigger than a house, basically. That's stretching it. But yeah, like, <laughs> the building bigger than the house is probably the theater, <laughs> to be honest with you. There's a weird shit. old concrete apartment complex like in the middle of it, too, which is odd. I just That's <laughs> the one I think I'm looking at because it's like... Be. Four or five stories, maybe six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right, anyway. kind of in the center of town, sort of, sort of. Yeah. yeah, this this actually looks a lot like the little tiny hamlets you drive by if you've ever been stuck in the back of a van on I eighty in the middle of fucking Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get to that one section of Wyoming where it goes along like a river, mm-hmm. might be Nebraska, and you see like some little towns that are like up against like a little tiny ridge line across the river from yep, the, yep. from the interstate. Exactly. It looks like that, except for it's like way smaller. Yeah. Like and, way, yeah, way well, smaller. The thing is there's nowhere to grow. It's just like all those towns, you know, I mean, it's just, they, they are what they are, you know, it's in the middle of nowhere, but uh, yeah, no, you hit it on the head, man. Just tiny, tiny. Uh, what's really cool is, so they have the theater that I was talking about with the lectures and the researchers. Right. And then they actually have a theater theater, which, which loose, very loose terminology, mind you. I, I mean, it's damn near a, a, a play theater, pretty much. It's, it shows movies, but uh, that's stretching it a bit, honestly. Yeah. But what they they showed anything Bigfoot related both days, anything orientated, local artists, uh, the shot of movie nearby, whatever have you. They just and they were free, 
So anybody could go to those, hmm. and they were outside booths, so people would like come and go and walk it off. And to top it, all of that stuff, and actually, we'll I'll talk a little bit about um, this premiere documentary that kind of came out, and I'll discuss that later. But anybody that wanted to stay the night to listen to the speakers or watch the next day of the films really could. It, it was so beside town. They had mowed this field like right adjacent, and this thing's probably I'd venture to say if I had to say acreage, twenty acres, thirty acres maybe. They mowed it, and people you could set up your tents out there. And mainly, it's the people that either had booths that were selling wares, or even I found out after the fact some of the researchers. And so we pulled our teardrop camper up there, and we'd literally just back underneath the tree and just parked it. Done deal, you know. And we're like right there in town. I, it would just kind kind of kick ass. So yeah, that anyway. sounds pretty rad. Oh man, man, just kind of cool. So. That's the ambiance, right? I think I set it up enough to know small town, this is what we have, you know, and this is what's going on. So, and I, I guarantee you that if Bigfoot does exist, he was up in the mountains drinking a beer watching this festival. He had to been. Because, I mean, I don't know any other thing. I, I It just, it's, it was actually insane. Um, a quick note, too, for Patreon members. If you are a Patreon member, uh, I actually managed to get some interviews, um, threw them together, did some narration behind them. Comes in about an hour. That special episode will go out to you patrons. And thank you very much for being being a Patreon. Uh, but it'll come out the same time that we post this as well. So, hey, Shane, uh, quick question. Sure. Were someone interested in joining our Patreon, where could they do that? Oh, funny you should ask. They can do that at patreon.com slash strangeuncles. And we actually got levels for everybody. So, you know, anywhere, if I think it was, starts at five and it goes all the way up to 2000 No, I'm making that up. Yeah, $25. Give, us, <laughs> uh, give us your money, I think is the, yeah, yeah. the top tier. Just, hey, hey. The, the, Give us your the, money. The grab, the grab. Yeah, exactly. No, it'll be. It, it hopefully they like. Hope the Patreon likes it. Um, I, I will say I was a little freaked out a little bit because it wasn't till the second day till I could get some of those interviews because people were so they're so busy. I mean, you couldn't get time. Um, one of the interviews, and I will say, uh, he's a gentleman by the name of William Bisson or Bill. He likes to be called. Uh, he actually was one of the original organizers to this whole thing, and so. Uh, for regular listeners, you know, that that's kind of how it is, and that's what I have for Patreon. But kind of a brief snapshot on what Bill did. And I'm going to go into that a bit, and that might explain something to you too, Josh. So, Sure. Uh, Bill's a local. You know, lived there for like 20-plus years. And so just so happens, he was out last March, you know, COVID time frame. And, or not last March, March before. You know, so this has been in the making for over a year, right? And he's out in the woods and – you know, he heard about Bigfoot and this and that. He's kind of an avid hunter and fisherman. Well, he ended up stumbled on some tracks. And so wasn't too sure what they were. And of course, you know, it's you're in the middle of nowhere again, you know, and he had some people in town that he knew. Um, he all, And then at the same time, he remembered sounds before that, that he couldn't explain knocks and howls and things. So he just kind of put all this stuff together, you know, at, at the end of the thing. He's like, you know what? I, I'm just out of curiosity. I mean, we're going through a pandemic. I have nothing better to do, so I'm going to reach out to this other guy that lived in a larger town about an hour away, a town called Colville. And it just so happened that this guy was an avid big researcher, which Bill knew at the time, um, but he just didn't know how avid he actually was. So after telling his story to this guy, they yeah. had – and this is what I find crazy. So <laughs> Bill went back to Medellin Falls, got, got a town hall meeting. Mind you, and the whole town showed up, all, you know, 100 and whatever people. And he wanted to discuss with them, with this Bigfoot researcher and another guy, 
he says, look, you know, we got to put, has anybody here seen any of this? Because, you know, this is what I saw and this is what's going on. And as luck may have, they actually filmed a little portion of that. And so this grew into uh, other locals stepping forward to say, yeah, you know what? I, yeah, I, I did see him or I tracked him or I saw tracks or I heard it. Or we were camping and somebody stole over food or whatever the, the whole thing was. And then that turned into, you know, Bill's asking him, Hey, so, you know, if there's a thing like that out in our surrounding area and it's out in the woods and it's here, um, could we bring researchers in? You know, could we kind of look into this a little bit more? What do you think? And then gradually that turned into what this festival turned into be, which is the first annual Medellin Falls Bigfoot Festival, um, which I don't know, man. I think it kind of a cool little origination story, I thought. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it's interesting too, because only in a town that small would you be like, hey, town meeting. Hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> Ring the bell. <laughs> yeah. Is this going to fucking bum anyone out if we have some... Y'all have seen some shit too, right? Like, this isn't going to bum anyone out if I bring in some researchers. <laughs> like, we're we're all good, right? Yeah. You know no, exactly. I mean? Exactly. And, and it's so funny because it, it just, you know, that's how it started. Now, the cool thing to this whole, uh, this whole background is that, you know, then they start talking about the festival course, right? And townsfolk started saying, well, you know, if we got this thing, let's kind of promote it. I mean, we're Might losing well. jobs. Yeah. Middle pandemic, tiny little town. They're self-contained, you know, and, and it's a, it's a, it's a poor town. It's a poor little Washington town. But with doing this thing, they're like, Hey, wait a minute. It gives us a chance to get our name out there. Gives us an opportunity to be heard. It gives us some you know money to throw back in the community. So all this kind of started, this is all the side effect of all this stuff, right? So plans are starting in April, according to Bill. Again, middle COVID, all this other stuff, and they start putting this thing together. So researchers and investigators, um, they kept reaching out to Bill. It was funny because he said he reached out to quite a few local ones. You know, they had some, again, Washington State. I got this article pulled up that, um, just a side note here, Washington State is the number one state for Bigfoot sightings um, behind California. So 634 sightings. it just kind of skips Oregon. Yeah, well, Oregon's up there too, but I think, I don't know, maybe it's the geography, maybe it's, I don't know. Yeah, I thought that too, like Idaho too. The Panhandle is very, very wooded, you know, up here next to us. So I, I don't know, maybe there's a thing Yeah, there. yeah. I, I just, I'm wondering what the, so uh, this is my public school education showing, um, <laughs> but I'm thinking, trying to think of what the topography is, like, between Oregon, like if there's a, a big change, right? Like a mountain range running in between that might separate the populations and, and make the the distribution a little bit. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, there, there is. Go, like skip that area, yeah, you know? There is. There's like an eastern Oregon. Or if it's Oregon. just more highly populated. And so I feel like. Could be that too. You're going to have less interactions uh or less, yeah. less sightings when you're in highly, more highly populated areas. Yeah. Although we do get a shitload of sightings up like Logan Canyon or Provo. Well, Logan Canyon and Provo. And Canyon Provo. Here. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I moved there, I heard and, about Provo. Yeah. And those places are pretty heavily traveled. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there is Eastern Oregon and it, there is a mountain range there that could be. You get, and, and again, we're talking folks of as much as we want to. Well, let me speak for me. I'm not going to speak for you, Josh, but as much as I want to believe in Bigfoot, I've never had an encounter. You know, I've had a couple camping trips where, you know, I heard a knock or I heard a strange sound, but I, you know, you can chalk that up as anything. I, as much well, yeah, as I would and, love to, um, you know. And that may or may not be biggest footus, you know? 
Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so that's Washington. Obviously, is is the main place. So they had a lot of researchers that were based out of Washington. There's a guy uh, that I'll talk about here a little bit. He's actually based out of Spokane, but literally, you know, Bill started reaching out to a handful of researchers. And then, like I said before, they started talking to this and talking to this person. And, oh well, we want to come and we want to come. They they had at least I'd say twenty something odd, very bona fide researchers there. They had one guy from England who is a world threat, which I'll talk about a little bit. They had another guy from Russia who has spent 30 years hunting Yeti. I mean... I've seen some <laughs> fucking wild-ass shit on YouTube from Russia, so that dude, oh, yeah. I'm like, tell me more. I know. Anyway, Well, continue. it's crazy. Well, of course, can you guess his, his name? His name's uh, Igor, which I of thought... Of course. Oh, perfect. I perfect going to say Ivan. But. <laughs> that too. Igor, Ivan. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so after this whole thing got done, as far as a festival goes, um, 60 vendors plus all the researchers and investigators, um, even the Border Patrol had an exhibit set up. It was just like everybody was into the it. The whole town was into Patrol. it. Oh, man, it's funny. And Canada, like, what are you protecting the Canadian border from? I would like to know. But Well, apparently that's <laughs> where all the 9-11 hijackers got into the country from, Shane. Didn't you know? Oh, that's right. Yeah. As oh, time goes wait. by. What's that? They actually came through on legally obtained student visas, mostly from Florida. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a that's another subject altogether. However, yeah. Sorry, don't mean to derail no. the conversation. <laughs> no, anyway, you're, continue. You're, you're please. totally fine. So anyway, that's that was a festival in a nutshell. Um, I do want to go into some of the researchers here to kind of paint a picture for the listeners and for you, man, on just who was here. So I did look up, I'd say probably, and, and I feel bad, you know, because we, we do friend shit, right? We talk about a little bit about everything, but yeah. I'm, I'm not a dedicated Bigfoot. I don't follow like Bigfoot no. researchers in general, right? I don't. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, I, I think I follow a couple on like social media and stuff, but it's not um, like Cards on the table, full disclosure. Right. I'm yada, not stalking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my my new favorite business saying, open kimono. Jesus. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I don't uh, like steadily follow the topic. Like it's not, it's not the thing I'm most interested in. Yeah, for sure. But I, but I sure. am interested. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's that's and that's a good way to say it too. And we've had and actually he he was at the festival. I'll tell that side story later on. Um, we've had Bigfoot researchers on the show. You know, we've had Darcy yeah, yeah. Ware documentary. We've had David Ellis. Uh, we've had uh, Shane Corson. You know, and we've mm-hmm. had Bigfoot, re, you know, bona fide researchers on the show that had great. Yeah, stories and they've to always tell. been fucking fantastic oh, oh, hands conversations yeah, yeah yeah exactly i mean it's 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 it interests me but i'm guess i'm like jack of all high strangest trades you know master of none I yes suppose, you know so it's there's that but um like to go into some of the researches that were there uh we want to take a quick break and then we'll come back and we will actually roll into that so stand by everybody believe in ufos Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain. Contemplate the other side of reality. Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. All 
All right, and welcome back, everybody. Um, again, we're talking about Bigfoot, and I wanted to go into the, some of the researchers. I'm not going to cover every single one of them, but I feel like some of them, some of them are very legitimate, uh, what they do. And this first guy here I've heard of. You might have too, but I really didn't know how big he was. A guy by the name of Adam Davies. Does that name ring a bell that, at all? It sounds familiar. Well, it should because he's actually pretty uh, pretty important here. So he's an explorer, adventurer, and cryptozoologist. He has done more active field work to prove the existence of yet-to-be-discovered animals from the dense jungles of the Congo and Sumatra to the deserts of Mongolia and the mountains of Nepal, and now Sullivan Creek, Washington, which I'll cover here in a little bit. Um, and granted, mind you, listeners, some of this I just kind of took right off their bio, so it may sound like I'm kind of reading, and that's because I am. Um, but I want to kind of lay down you know, who this guy was. Uh, he's been on History Channel's Monster Quest, been on Animal Planet's Finding Bigfoot, slew of other things. He's just been active forever and ever. Uh, if you do want to check him out, he's fairly impressive. You can check him out at adamdaviesexplorer.com. Uh, and he was actually there. And there's some of these guys that are kind of kind of stand out more than others, and, and there's a reason for that. I'm going to loop back uh, to that in a second. Um, the All right. Russian, I mean – Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I'm just I'm trying to uh, oh, Google this dude look, real quick. Look the guy Adam up. Davies, explorer. Give me this guy. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck you're talking. He about. looks just like like literally. He's got the you know the Desert Rat Patrol hat with one side pinned up and the you know the canvas duck jacket. I mean, if you picture a world cryptid explorer, he at least he dresses apart. So I give him. Yeah, that. I mean he's no he's no Ken Gerhard. But no. <laughs> who is? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> He's another guy, too. Anyway, uh, here's the guy for Brush I talked about, Igor Botsev. Um, Bertsev, I think. Anyway, I uh, did not have a chance to meet this guy, but um, I did hear some of his uh, talks and other people were talking about him. I Okay, I, so I'm kind, I'll am i be honest with you, man. I'm kind of on the fence with the story. Okay. Th- this is so... And then I found out this talking to other researchers, basically. So anyway, I I don't know. But here's a story. Uh, 2020, Igor and his team had major breakthroughs and unexpected encounters with a Yeti in Russia. After rescuing a Yeti stuck in a bear trap, they befriended okay. some of these hairy people, and they had communication and physical contact with them. Interesting. Mm, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and poo-poo it, but I'm also going to say, huh, that's something else. You couldn't snap a pic or get a selfie or Sounds something. fantastic. Yeah. So, anyway. What kind of proof do uh, Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, but that's Igor. Um, he actually has been around for a little bit. He's got a, a car to be in the country. He's got a, what do you call him? He's living with a family to kind of. Uh, uh, like a host family? Know, yeah, like sponsor him, I guess. Right. Yeah, host family type thing. I think that I mean, he's got a write up in the East Tennessean. He's he's all over the place. Like I oh, think yeah. this weekend he's talking in another Washington town called Kettle Falls, and he's talking to uh, the Yeti and me or something. Anyway, yeah, no, uh, like I just googled his name real quick, and everything that's coming up is like not his own website, but it's all like uh, articles and somewhat. Well, I mean, there are things like the Hastings Tribune mm-hmm. and um, the East Tennessean, ten- tenor, <laughs> Tennessean, Tennessean, right, right, and. Uh, whatever this is, Poublons. Mm, not sure about uh, that. I'm one. afraid to click that one. This is yeah. a work laptop. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Um, so. but then there's like uh stuff like the Huffington Post and uh other slightly more reputable uh news outlets that have he's made the rounds about yeah. him anyway. I mean, he's yeah. made the rounds and he's out. There. His name's out there. 
So anyway, you know, like I said, it, it was kind of funny. And after the fact, oh, anyway, you know, for that being said, we'll move on real quick. Uh, sure. And then there was, again, we've had him on the show, Shane Corson and the Olympic Project team. Uh, Want to talk a little bit of, for those of you who may not have listened to that interview, uh, do. It's fantastic. I think that was season, I'll say season three we had them on. Oh, it can't have been that long ago. If it wasn't season three, it wasn't the end of season three. It was very, very beginning of season four. Nah, man, that was, I don't even know what season we're on I got to look it up. See, I don't know. See if you have time uh, to look that up. We're, we're five now, so we're kicking Let up. me pull up Spotify. Uh, then go. it was definitely season four because that was like. Uh, it might have been. That was that was not that long ago. That was like November or December yeah, that yeah. we had them on. Okay. Well, while you look that up, let me uh, let me cover some bio here. So let's talk about the Olympic Project first because I, I find it very unique and I find it really – actually, it's a great outfit for what they do. Uh, based out of Washington State, again, it was an idea originally brought up by a guy named Derek Randies. Uh, he's a longtime Bigfoot researcher, still doing it. They focus on documenting, uh, documenting Sasquatch through science and education, using DNA analysis, game cameras, statistics, and behaviors. They are definitely ahead of the game when it comes to all of that, and they've got some really, really sharp people on their team, uh, more than most Bigfoot groups out there, I think, just on how they go about their research. So Shane Corson yeah. on that. Um, we had him on the show again, along with David Ellis. Uh, he's recorded some amazing audio uh, that just uh, the, the stuff David Ellis has recorded literally is comes out of my nightmares. Like it's it's scary as shit. Oh, did so, you get to finally hear some of that? Like that's I this is what clips. I want to get into. Like yeah, me yes, too. let's lay out the outline for the weekend. But then mm-hmm. once we've run mm-hmm. through that timeline, I want to hear details. I want to hear. Oh, for sure. Well, you, so the cool thing, well, let me finish this little thing up. So yeah, uh, yeah. as far as Shane directly, so he started researching a 97 Bigfoot. He, you know, he's a hunter, fisherman, all this stuff. And he actually had an encounter, which I think he covered on our show. Uh, there are two other, uh, there were two other Olympic project members there, kind of shot the shit with them. And, and I really think the group is solid. So here's kind of a side funny story. So remember that field I told you about that everybody was kind of camping, tenting in sort of? Yeah. Yeah. The one they like mowed down. So yeah. 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 So could park. Yeah. Right. So we, we pull our trailer up, you know, did our thing, did it on set. And, uh, you know, and again, I could not get a hold of anybody. The, the, just everybody was so swamped, including Shane. Every time I walked up to the booth, either he was speaking or if he was there, he would, you know, they were inundated with other people. And so I was like, you know, I'm just going to chalk. And I had texted him before. Like he called me uh, three or four days before the festival. I just I emailed, put my number on there, and he just called me directly and says, oh man, yeah, I can't wait to see you. Can't wait to talk to you. Put a name to the face, yada, yada. And um, ended up going there and just really didn't have any luck. Well, the festival ended at five on both days, and so it was around six ish. And you see some of the, you know, most of the people are gone at this point. And I'm I'm sitting there shooting the shit with another researcher and a filmmaker. Actually, again, if you're a Patreon member, I have an interview with Marshall White uh, that was actually a filmmaker of a documentary I'm going to discuss here. Uh, but here comes Shane, and he's like, "Hey, what's going on, man?" He says, "I'm so sorry, you know, I didn't have time." And he goes, what are you doing later on? I says, I, you know, at this point, nothing but drinking and camping because, you know, we're just waiting for tomorrow, basically. And he goes, really? Cool. Me too. I have a couple of my buddies that are staying in the field in the tent and just so happened they were in a tent like right across from us. Oh, right. Literally like 60 feet. So later on that night, you know, we're hanging at the at the teardrop and here comes Shane with a beer and a, a you know, camping chair. He goes, hey, we're going to go over there and shoot the shit. You want to come? Like, do we? <laughs> so we went over there and just sat there and shot the shit with, with his group. 
And then his group kind of wrapped up a little bit, and we wanted to go into town. And by this time, it was, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night. And we went to the only hotel in town called the Washington Hotels, where they have most of the researchers put up at. And uh, they were just out on the sidewalk, just shooting shit, talking about tactics. And so it was just a, a surreal experience. And, and Shane was part of that. And so I, Shane, if you're listening, I, I can't, you know, and it, I can't, can't take back how cool it was, but that's kind of the ambiance after. So us staying after the festival, best idea ever, you know, hands down, you know. Oh, always. That's so. when you find the best stuff, usually. Yep. Yep. Uh Side note, mm-hmm. we interviewed uh, those guys, uh, Darcy Weir, David Ellis, and Shane Corson. Um, season four, episode six, it was in uh, November, oh, okay. came out in November of 2020. Uh, for some reason, I paused this at some point with 69 minutes left. So that's <laughs> wait, cool. Wait, nudge, nudge. That's funny. Um, Good call. Love it when man. the universe aligns like that. Um, Always makes it fun, for sure. Yeah. So. Okay. No, that's fucking rad, dude. All right, so are we caught up with the timeline of the festival? Can we get into details, or is there uh, um, are like highlights, or kind of? Do you so, have like anything more to go through as far as like the outline of? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. So I've got a couple more people I want to talk about, just because I I feel like the listeners need to know their names because they are cool. highly up there, and then we can kind of go on the wrap up. And and yes, there are a couple highlights that you know, I think you know of. Um, blew my mind, you know, and then we can kind of go from there. But anyway, um, so Stephen Major is another guy. So it's that, that's that Spokane group I talked about based out of uh, Spokane, Washington. He founded this company called Extreme Expeditions Northwest. And number one, he's fucking funny as all hell. Like he's got the driest sense of humor. If you don't really catch on to it, you, you kind of look like an asshole talking to him because he's, yeah. he's that dry. But he's really, really cool. Uh, he books these trips that literally you can stay five nights on a tour on a yacht. It's floating outside of the Canadian border, um, waiting to see Bigfoot, you know, fly back and forth with scenic helicopter flights, hiking, fishing. Like this is his tours. This is what he does. Right. Um, just really cool for the exposure of what he, what he has. And of course he's been looking into Sasquatch for years. He actually had an encounter 79 with his dad working on a Huskin Lake in, I think Alaska, if I remember right. And they saw footprints of snap trees. Um, you mentioned <laughs> Ken Gearhard, uh, which is another one. Yeah. We actually saw him, him speak. Uh, oh, it's really kind of cool. One thing he said, and I want to throw this out there to you. So he was taught. So, I, you know, you, you think about Bigfoot and you think about this and that. Um, he's got books out there as well. He's got a book called The Essential Guide to Bigfoot, A Menagerie of Mysterious Beasts, um, Big Bird Modern Sightings of Flying Monsters. Um, but on his speech, something caught me. He was talking about population factor. And he yeah. was talking about um, basically how many. He says, look, you know, as far as we know, there has got to be at least 2,000. Because if there's any less than that, then they would yeah, have died out a long time ago. Yeah, well, that's- it, inbreeding is what he was talking about. If, there, if you're any kind of a, of a species and you have less than, you know, 1,000 of that species, you're not going to survive. Because, yeah, that's why they yeah. call it a viable breeding population. It has to mm-hmm. be big enough that the gene pool stays diverse enough. Right that it can continue because otherwise, yeah, everyone just is sick and dead. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, so he said, look, they gotta, they gotta have at least this much of a population. And he says, and it really can't be more than what we guesstimate around the 5,000 mark. Cause if it was anything more then, then we would see them more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. 
That's so, a thin line, though, isn't it? Like, that's no, really no. close numbers. Like, can we talk about this for a second, mm-hmm. or do you have, like, stuff we no, need absolutely. to move on to? No, no. So, as a layman who understands a little bit about some stuff um, and having no idea what actual wild population sizes are, mm-hmm. I do think it's interesting that it can't be more than 5,000. Does he mean, like, in the north, like, in North America, or does he mean like in that region? Yes. So what we classify as Bigfoot, you know, so like you, you could have fucking 20 different snakes and how many different species, right? Yeah, so yeah. he's not talking about Yeti and all these other cultural tie-ons, if that makes sense. Oh, that's annoying. Cause yeah, I want to, it is a little bit. <laughs> I want to talk like a big picture, like worldwide. Right. Right. Um, but it, I mean, if he's talking about specifically what we would call Bigfoot or Sasquatch, like as the, as we understand it to like native to the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. a thing. Uh, I mean, 5,000 spread out from California to the top of British Columbia and, and then more and then eastward too. Like there's sightings in Pennsylvania. There was a group from Vermont that was out there. Oh no, no, no. I'm know. sorry, Shane. That's the Ohio grass man. They're different. Apparently <laughs> I heard about that. Yeah. 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 You, you get, a <laughs> no, but I mean, you get it. what I'm saying. Like, I want to talk I about like, yeah. I, I guess we can't, I want to talk about this in like a, <laughs> a conservationalist scientific uh-huh. standpoint uh-huh. Yeah. that also, I don't know anything about really, yeah. but like, no, I, I, get, I get you completely. It, it's tough. It's 5,000 seems you know, low considering how spread out shit is out here in the west especially when you get up into the pacific northwest and up into like canada and mm-hmm. you know like british columbia and what's next to british columbia is that alberta yeah like, up there near there yeah well and then we're know. not let's not, let's not even talk about canadian sightings i mean that's i made another couple too that i'll talk about here in a little bit but um okay yeah i mean that that's kind of yeah the numbers just kind of set me back a little bit i was like well wait a minute but it makes sense you know if it was anything more you know if you got twenty thousand fucking bigfoot stamping out there yeah then you're definitely going to have a lot more yeah. like yeah. Especially with habitat encroachment, the way we've been mm-hmm. cutting down any kind of trees to make room for more houses no one can afford. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. But so, yeah, yeah, I guess if, if we were talking about, especially regionally and not worldwide, but like, especially mm-hmm. like that specific region, especially if we're zooming in on like the Washington region and not even just like the like North America in general. Yeah, 20,000 right. uh, big feet. Bigfoots, 20,000 big hairy monsters <laughs> in yeah. Washington alone, or even spread out from Washington to uh, Oregon to California would be, yeah, you'd be running into them a lot. You would think so. I would think. Well, so here's another quick point in regards to population that I thought was really cool. So again, night before shooting the shit with uh, most of the Olympic or some of the Olympic project team, and again, Shane's team. And there was a guy there, I'm not going to name his name because he doesn't do interviews or anything else. But sure. the guy, he, he's very statistical. Like what he does is fucking amazing. And he was, so he was talking about, but number one, he had an encounter, which mo- most people there, they, they do. I mean, if you have an encounter, you can't, it's just like me with ghosts. I've seen them. I know they're there. I can't convince other people, but it's the same thing. And he started talking about the Wolverine. He says, you know, we know the Wolverine exists. We know it's out there. But we really don't see one in the day. We don't see their skeletal remains. It's a known fact. We don't, you can't trap them. We know they're nocturnal. He says it's Mm. the same thing. We know they're there, but 
you know, very, very few in between unless you run into a couple hunters and say, oh, yeah, I crossed paths on one, you know, with one and whatever have you, you know, and they're very territorial too because, you know, wolverines. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and he made a good point. And I'm like, oh, that, okay, you know, granted more than 5,000 population, but even as big as they are, you don't stumble on them very often. So I'm just like, oh, Yeah, that okay. is weird. And I hadn't yeah. thought about like uh, coming across natural remains of like, just an animal like that and knowing that that's what it is you know what i mean oh my god that's wolverine you know because it could be fucking anything so because like we're fairly certain that wolverines aren't picking up their dead and ritualistically burying them somewhere where we would never find them i'm not positive but i'm pretty sure yeah like i mean man but you know uh what do we call it in the business world swag (laughs) scientific wild ass guess i'm thinking that we know wolverines are real animal but also like Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that is an interesting Kinda point. No, so a lot of points like that through the weekend. So um, other notables, real quick before we kind of move on. Uh, there's Larry the Beans Baxter, uh, born in Kentucky. There was Dr. Robert Alley uh, that actually talked to him on Saturday night. Uh, other notables: Tom Seward, uh, Russ Lacord from Kennewick, J.C. Williams, Wayne Stapleton, and George Hemingway, which actually uh, were the directors and producers of the Hulu show Sasquatch. Don't know if you had a chance to check that out or not, but they no, were no. I actually had forgotten about that, but I definitely want to. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, Will Ermer, which was from Bigfoot of Stevens County, Washington. You can find him on YouTube. Uh, actually, he's got some pretty interesting local encounters for anybody that's in the Washington area. Again, his last name it's Will, uh, last name U L M E R. Uh, he's got some really cool things of like literally stuff just up the road encounters type thing. But one of the highlights of the people that I met and the people I talked to and listeners, you know, you again, you shouldn't know this name. If you don't know this name, I'm ashamed of you, but you should know this name. So we'll just go from there. Uh, you remember the 1967 film, the Patterson Gimlin film, correct? From California. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, I think Lucy, they called her. And it, you see the Bigfoot is lumbering across a creek. It turns around, it looks at the camera, and then it keeps going. It's a short little, literally 15, 20-second clip. Infamous. You know, it's been around for years and years and years. Proven it was a hoax. And we talked about this a little bit via text, you know. You know, they had a guy come out saying, oh, yeah, he rented the suit. Then they had another guy. And then he came back and said he didn't. And then Patterson yeah. said he, you know, oh, it was fake on his deathbed. Like all kinds of stuff surrounding this this clip. Right. Yeah. What did uh, which which person did you meet again? So I uh, met and got a picture with Mr. Bob Gimlin. So the film yes. itself is Patterson Gimlin, and Bob Gimlin was uh, there. Now, granted, mind you, he he's very old, and he didn't really, he, he, you know, great guy, but he was making fun of you know how sexy the women were that were there more than anything. And, and I just found that hilarious. He's like Sounds some dirty old like man in some, some uh, people I know. It's <laughs> a living place. Yeah. But hell of a nice guy. Um, so he's going to go right up on my wall next to Travis Walton, because whether you believe in him or not, it, he's in the fringe world. He's just, he's an icon, you know, and right. Well, and that was like some of the controversy that uh, came up in our, uh, in our group chat when you sent that picture and, and we're telling us who it was, it was like, I vaguely remember mm-hmm. that being like debunked and everyone saying it was fake, but apparently no. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you, I talked to researchers there and as far as they're concerned, it's real as real gets, 
Like there's no fake there at all. So which yeah, but I mean, you talk to UFO researchers and they I know uh, I know yeah are dead set on MJ12 being real, even though like it's Granted. definitely not. Yeah, yeah, Valiant Thor, you know, was it was yeah. a thing? So yeah, yeah, understood. Um, so to wrap up this, and then we can do a little bit of conversation before before we kind of duck out a bit, but uh, this is what was really cool. So one of the documentaries that played at the theater in town, that one I talked about in the beginning, that Nuvu Theater, uh, and we actually had the time to go check it out. It was a world premiere of the Sullivan Crick Sasquatch. So the names that I mentioned on here, there's tons of people that were part of that. Bill Besson, which again, patrons, you're going to hear his interview, uh, Will Armour, Adam Davies that we talked about, Stephen Major that we talked about, and more. They all, actually, Stephen Major was a producer of it, and then uh, there's another interview that I had uh, that you'll hear that was actually the filmmaker of it, and his name is Marshall White. Talked to, had a chance to interview him, but it was it was it was fucking hilarious because we, we you know I saw the time it was like three twenty five, and we go sit down and and here's here's Marshall you know sitting there watching because he hasn't seen it yet before even though he he was the one that filmed it he has not seen the the final project oh wow so he he filmed it and directed it but he didn't like edit it uh, well he like, edited it at the, the end final but seeing it like on the big screen type you know that oh, was his okay. first so hey here it is type gotcha. thing you know this yeah, yeah. first time seeing it on the yeah. on the big yeah. screen <laughs> on the big screen it wasn't big my tv's bigger than the fucking anyway hey you know, you know a big screen is a big screen is a big <laughs> true touche sir touche um will was in there i think bill was in there in the back somewhere so it was really funny because they were all in the theater watching their the world premiere of this documentary uh that was done and sullivan crick is actually just right down the road from Medellin falls so very local and that's yeah. what so if you listeners and you josh remember in the beginning i was talking about bill's story about seeing the tracks and reaching out that was in sullivan creek that's what started the whole thing and okay. so that evolved and came back around of course now we have the festival and then oh shit full circle full circle yeah yeah now we and it just that's kind of what what started this whole thing and and there it was um, I do have one other cool story that I, <laughs> I thought was fucking cool. So yeah, tell me the cool goddamn story. That's waiting, why we're here. Goddamn oh, it. Yeah, no shit. I'm waiting for, so I'm waiting for Bill's time. Second day. Of course, I miss him the first day completely. And I'm sitting over by where they sell the t-shirts and stuff like that. And, uh, oh, by the way, I got your coin. I just got to get it to you. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. You know, let me know. Um, so I'm waiting for Bill and I'm talking to these volunteers that were there. And again, they're meddling falls residents and, we got shooting the shit, and they're telling me stories of uh, his adventures. And number one, they're explorers and hikers. have been doing it for years and years, which they got to be in their mid to late 60s, if not early 70s, and they're still out there active. They got this Toyota Tundra. They sleep in the back of it. They get a little camping thing set up. They're always out in the woods doing something. But yeah. they were telling me stories of living near Mount Hood in Oregon and stumbling on an albino Bigfoot family. And then they were telling me stories of they were up outside of Medellin Falls on this this logging trail, and they heard the scream, and these rocks came out of nowhere, hit his truck, almost knocked the truck off the road. That's how big these rocks were. He takes me okay. over, and he shows me his truck. And I'm like, holy shit. And he goes, yeah. He says, I don't know. It might have been an avalanche, but the screams with it didn't make sense. Then we start seeing nests in the area. He says, I don't know if we were in their territory. Firm, firm believers that there's something out there. Mm. Greatest people in the world. The guy was actually Navy, ex-Navy too, which I find funny. But uh, it was just, these yeah, are the Yeah, you give him a little bit of shit. Yeah, right, exactly. Do you guys like compare like 
well, I did this. What'd you do? Oh, no. Oh, actually, I take that back. He was not Navy. He was Coast Guard. So it was worse yet. So I, I'm one step <laughs> ahead of him. So anyway. But, I mean, Coast Guard's <laughs> all right, right? Well, you know, yeah, civilians Better in uniform. Space Force, I guess. Oh, yeah, right. Exactly. Um, but it, it was – the reason I tell that story, and, and just to kind of wrap this up, is they these were the people this weekend. These were the people that came out of the woodwork. They they either number one, they were just lucky lose that wanted a lawn ornament, or you know, they had nothing better to do on a Saturday and they, you know, they're out there getting Bigfoot cotton candy or whatever the, the situation may be. But what's interesting is a lot of the people were believers or they had a story, but they didn't want to believe in their story. So they wanted to go talk to an investigator and go, Hey, look, you know, for years I've been holding on to this and this is what it but I don't think that but what do you guys you kind of validating an experience they might have had. Yeah, know? like they wanted to be validated or they wanted or probably more likely were hoping that the researcher would be like, oh, no, man, that's not Bigfoot. I don't know. Yeah, you're you're a huge piece of shit. Were you drunk? Yeah, that wasn't even close to what, what yeah. it was. Oh, uh, yeah. no, no. What, did your neighbors have cats? Yeah, that's probably what that was. <laughs> right, I don't exactly. Know. Well, and so the whole thing is that, that it was just such a hodgepodge of people. You know, key takeaways. Number one, the people that came. The the impressive, impressive group of researchers and investigators, how nice they were after the festival of just – I had this Dr. Alley come up and, and just start talking to me about – like he just wouldn't stop talking. He just – it was so neat because these people, they truly, truly have a want for this. They believe in it. They have a passion for it. You could tell. You know, Shane's obviously one of them. Bill's obviously one of them. I know this is going to happen again next year. I mean, I hope you guys can plan on taking time off because it was, you know, I mean, we've been to the alien thing up in Cedar City. And as much as I won't <laughs> take that time back, you know, for because it was unique again, well, this was very impressive. Yeah, it was actually, I have some follow-up questions and that was going to be one of them. Um, but. Yes, sir. No, and I, I think that is something that's really awesome and something that uh, I hope we never lose is the like joy of just people being into it and like wanting wondering about bigger mysteries in life that mm-hmm. will probably remain unexplained. Agree. You know? Agree. And uh and and just having that and yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I it's one of those things where, you know, as far as I'm concerned, at my time of my life now, I'll be dead in the grave if I stop wondering and thinking. You know, that'll be that time frame because it it's just is amazing. And and again, I'm, I, I would love to believe in Bigfoot. I would love to believe in Loch Ness Monster. You know, we try to be skeptical skeptics. We always talk about that. But man, I'll tell you what, dude, if I had to be convinced one way or another, this group of people were the ones that convinced me. It, it was well, pretty impressive. I mean, I think the phrase is open-minded skeptics or mm-hmm. skeptical believers. Mm-hmm. Skeptical skeptics are just kind of. Oh, it's kind skeptics. of redundant, isn't it? Yeah. Well, true. Touché. But. But I can never decide if I'm a skeptical believer or an open-minded skeptic. I fucking vacillate between the two all the goddamn time. You fucking fence sitter. I fucking <laughs> dude. I'm a Gemini. I don't yeah, know. Right. I can't help it. Yeah. Uh, so on a scale of uh, the Utah UFO Festival versus like anything rad, mm-hmm. uh, where would you put this? So I so I've been to probably. Eight or nine different festivals like this, not Bigfoot related, but fringe related. But just yeah, way like, shape or form or another, right? Yeah. So on yeah. a scale of one to five, um, I would rate this uh, like a four, close to a four and a half, 
Because, nice. and this is why it, the effort of the townsfolk, the effort of putting this together, the want of the investigators and researchers showing up in the middle of fucking nowhere. This is one thing that was done in a major city, right? Right. But it was not. They literally caused LA traffic type traffic jams on Saturday with, from all the way to Newport, which is three and a half hours from Medellin Falls, all the way up the road, because it's back roads to get there. Yeah, and, I'm guessing you know, like two lane highways, right? At most. Yeah, at, at most. And even then, there's a lot of, you know, around the corner, 35 miles an hour, you know, type mm-hmm. fucking thing as you're weaving and, and winding around. And so, and, and it's funny because Bill apologized for that in the interview. He's like, yeah, I, I apologize for the bigger cities because we really kind of caused a traffic jam. But I got like, no, don't apologize. This is, people can wait, you know, for this two day fucking thing. You know, this is what it was. What was interesting, and I was going to ask you this, I was going to talk to you about this because, I never really threw it out there, but one thing that was painfully, painfully clear, and, and and again, this is one of those things where this is you know how you want to picture Bigfoot, I guess, Josh, right? Would sure. be it would be badass if he was this multi-dimensional uh, attached to UFOs. You know, we talk about that kind of a Bigfoot. Not yes. one of them believe in that Bigfoot is real. He's got hair. There's no all this other theory is mumbo jumbo. Yeah, they're all like sold on like this is just an animal. Yep, yep, absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. Nothing, to, which boring. You know, hate to piss in your churros, but you know it's one of those things. No, I, that was actually one of my follow up questions, which was going to be the next one after, uh, you know, the scale of Utah UFO Festival to like anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, was yeah, man. No one, no one. Like, would would you get laughed at if you even mentioned that? If you even brought it up. I, you know what? I, I don't think laughed at because they're pretty professional. I, I, I will say that's one thing that I did take away from it is that there's not a lot of, even the Igor with a, you know, letting the Yeti out of a bear trap and be, they didn't even, yeah, like you the can, most unbelievable story yeah, in the history it, of unbelievable it, 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 stories. The, yeah, the whole thing. Even that story, they weren't going to chastise him. It's, well, you know, some people have different viewpoints. They're very professional about how they talked about other researchers. And so I don't think it would have been laughed at, but I, I think it would have been one of those things where, you know, deep down they just want to slap the piss out of you and go, get that out of your brain. That's not true. Which, yeah. I mean, I guess I get that because especially since they want to be, I'm assuming most of them want to be taken seriously by like, mainstream anthropologists and or uh i don't even know what kind of what the official name for scientists that study nature is off the top of oh, my head yeah I, um, it's sure. been a day uh, i started yeah, my day off with branches. a mind melting conversation and it's been just downhill ever since <laughs> as it got up with you so, yeah. yeah so <laughs> but um I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't want to say it's a bummer, but it's kind of a bummer. I get that, it. Like, that it's like, no, it's ab- whatever it is. It's not that. Whatever it is. Yeah. It's abso-fucking-lutely yeah. not that. I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, yeah. especially now with theories and everything. Well, look, a skinwalker is a very good example. That completely blows that fucking thing out of the water. Portals and cryptids coming out of the portals well, and, and all that, and- you know? And it also ignores like the very, very well documented correlation between uh, like uh, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, big hairy monster sightings and UFO sightings. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like, like, I mean, I, 
catch myself yelling this at whatever speaker, whatever news podcast I'm listening to comes through whenever they make a spurious correlation. And I'm like, correlation does not equal causation. (laughs) God fucking damn it. I know. I know. But also you can't ignore it when it shows up together all the fucking time. You've got to look deep enough into it to make sure that it's not causation that that's exactly it and you you have i will say you have a valid point because it has been proven the two are they they you know if this happens it it is said that this is going to be there they they are melded together i get the theory i i get the whole premise of it but just not to these guys i mean it's just you know to them it's it's a it's a skin and bones thing and they won't have it any other way you know, yeah, so. and, to, and to me that uh, that seems like the people who are dead set on the nuts and bolts explanation for UFOs too, or true, that true, it's only aliens, or that it's only government black projects, right, right. or Russia, you know China what I mean? is ahead of us type thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like where where is it? It's like uh, just because one thing is possible doesn't mean the other thing is impossible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, especially with like, uh, yeah, they're definitely overarching thematic consistencies between most Bigfoot or Sasquatch sightings, Mm -hmm. you know, right? Like it's a big hairy monster, usually stinks, uh, usually either terrifying and violent or the exact opposite. But at the end of the day, like there, there are these overarching similarities between most, if not all of the sightings that you hear about, but just because like there might be a population of, um, actual skin and bone creatures out there Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that the possibility that some of them are coming from somewhere else ceases to exist you know what i'm saying true i know i I get you 100 and you know one thing one founding thing that came away from it is and and there's a couple of researchers that um that that talk about i've been saying this for forever so you know and anybody else who has studied it is you know you there's something to folklore there's a little bit of truth in folklore to a certain point you know you can look at the native tribes of north america every single almost every single fucking tribe has a story that is almost, if not identical, relatable to what Sasquatch is or Bigfoot is. There's been cultures around the world who did not talk to them. They couldn't talk to another culture. They were landlocked or technology, whatever. They weren't. They didn't have boats yet, or they didn't, you know, go to the landmass continent, whatever. That yeah. they had. Look at the Yeti versus the. You know, there's something, and it's been like that forever. There's all these things. If you there's a gal that was there, that actually broke it down. And she had a book, and I was going to pick it up, but it was it literally broke down all the folklore related to Bigfoot in North America and the different Indian tribes. And there were like 18 different uh, uh, tribes that had a story. And if you, you would thumb a page, and it's, it's literally mirrored from one to another. There, there's there's got to there's got to be something there if that is the case. You know, and yeah. then there's some people that believe he's a skinwalker. You know, I think so. I th- I think one thing that I would agree with every single uh, person at that festival um, would be that, like, one way or another, it's real. It's something real, mm-hmm. you know? 
um, and, and not just from a folkloric perspective, but like uh, people are seeing something, right. And it can't yeah. all be mistaken deer or bear or other, you know, regular ass animals that we yeah. know. Yeah. About, it's not, right? it's not a cat. You know, I can tell you that for sure. So, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, 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 and in the, with the fact also that a lot of, uh, a lot of these uh, reports come from people that aren't like me who don't spend a lot of time out in the woods by themselves and aren't familiar with what actual, what the regional wildlife actually looks like and sounds like and is like, right. You know what I mean? Like, fuck dude. If I went camping by myself in the Uintas, everything I heard would either be a, <laughs> a mountain lion or a fucking Bigfoot. Right. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, but but people who spend a lot of time out in nature and who are familiar with, uh, with the regional wildlife and, and what makes what kind of sound and what certain animals look like are seeing things that they're like, nah, man, this was none of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I well, think that's incredibly interesting. And, and I, and I do too. I do too. Um, I want to wrap up with some stats and, and then, you know, if you got any other questions out here, you know, again, we're talking about Bigfoot. So uh, I stumbled on a few websites here and I kind of compiled some stuff here. Uh, they were talking about where Bigfoot is found the most, which of course we covered Washington state uh, last year, actually, sorry, 2019, um, 634 sightings followed by California of uh, 437. And then what's odd about that Florida had 312 reported sightings. Well, yeah, man, they've got the skunk ape down there. Yeah, well, and that may, yeah, very well may be. Um, habitat preferences, a high forest cover density, close proximity to fresh water source, which uh, there was a researcher there that was talking about that's why we can't find tracks. Or that's why we find like one or two tracks and they're usually near a water source and all of a sudden they're gone. Because what they do is oh. they get in the middle of the river and then that's how they go downstream. So Yeah, like they're smart enough to know that they're being followed. So they... Right. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, close proximity to roads, proximity to caves or mines, um, large habitat of mule deer, and then, of course, you know, uh, threats, pop- human population is a huge threat, land cover. I think that there were they were talking about um, how they – how smart they were. You know, obviously these things are, are – you know, and again, we're, we're talking, you know, if they exist, they're smart enough to know that humans are a threat. They're smart enough to know that because you can't tell me that if we do see a Bigfoot or somebody gets, you know, half cockeyed out there, that they're not going to try to shoot at it or do something with it. I mean, if I was a Bigfoot, yeah. that's a fucking threat. You well, know? and I mean, if you want to even go back to something as simple as fucking Bambi. Oh, yeah. You know what I exactly. mean? Everything in the exactly. forest knows we're a threat. We smell like we don't belong. We mm-hmm. are loud and obnoxious we act like we don't belong yeah like of course we're a threat we're yeah. something that shouldn't that isn't there on the day-to-day and any like any animal would perceive us as a threat well and and you know what we and i think we've said this again in different podcasts depending on what we're talking about but mankind is the only species on this fucking planet that really will they will ruin their habitat to make it them their own that's what we do. We don't work mm-hmm. with nature. 
We change nature. Now, are we getting smarter with it? Well, we're getting a little smarter with it. But we're the only ones that are going to go, nope, don't need that. Let's bring this in because we've got the knowledge we think. And so we kind of destroy our habitat to make it work for us. Yeah, we're you fucking know? awful about that shit. Yeah. I was going to say, we're not the only ones. Ants do it too. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, yeah, but yeah. not like we not on our grand about scale. to fucking yeah. destroy the yeah. only habitable ecosystem we know about. Right, right, for sure. So... Anyway, I don't know, man. I, you know, that's all I have for my site. Again, listeners, you know, apologize if it's, it's, you know, you weren't, oh God, he's fucking talking about something I wasn't even there for, this son of a bitch, but man. Well, I mean, you know, honestly, if you feel like that, this might not be the show for you because that's be. all we ever talk about <laughs> is shit you weren't there for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, just, you We're know. talking yeah. about this one famous UFO case and I was not there. I did not see it. These I don't fuckers. believe it. Just click. So, no, I don't know if you have any false, man, but I'll tell you what, I will say that next year we all got to make a plan. Oh, and here's a cool thing, um, us related, you know, in general, this is not for yeah, the yeah. listeners, but uh, they did have a podcast out there that kind of was sponsoring sort of called the Paranormal Portal. And so they were on stage when a lot of the researchers talked and I talked to Bill and he says, oh, absolutely. I'll keep your card. If you guys want to help promote, we'll put you on the flyers and we'll make you one of the one of the sponsors. I don't know if that comes to fruition, but man, if it does, you know, that'd be kind of neat to kind of neat to yeah. be part of that, you know? So, but anyway, that was the infamous Medellin Falls Bigfoot Festival. I have said Medellin a couple times and I was corrected by Bill, by the way, but that's not how you say it. So <laughs> hopefully I'm saying it the correct way. Oh man, the uh, way you're saying it now sounds like Medellin, Colombia. And yeah, I was also, yeah. when I was trying to Google search it, I was... Probably Excuse spelled me. it completely wrong because it, you know, meddling shouldn't be pronounced <laughs> like it looks like. So yeah, when I was uh, when I was trying to Google search it, I was looking for meddling. Like, oh, you meddling kids! Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can <laughs> totally get that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway. no, but uh, man, I would love to go up there. I've yet to set foot in the great state of Washington um, ever in my yeah. entire life. Well, I gotta invite um, you up, even if it's for a weekend, man. We can party up here. For sure. Yeah, dude. Uh, I want to go to that festival. I think it sounds fucking fantastic. I think it's really awesome as well that you got to make that personal connection with people that we've had on the show, especially like via Zoom and stuff, you know, like uh, that's a bit different. Um, I do. I feel like we don't give Bigfoot and cryptids in general enough uh, due. I, I think so. I was going to say, yeah, you know we, we don't I mean? do the airplay the same as maybe we should. So, you know, maybe we look yeah. into that a little bit for sure, you know. And there's a lot of cryptids out there that um, are really not as obviously as well known as Bigfoot um, that are just really cool fucking stories that I always wanted to dig into. Just never really have, you know. Yeah, it's so. it's really weird. Like uh, as a as one single facet or aspect of the phenomenon in general, um, I don't like I'm not super interested in cryptids, but also like some of my favorite, like trash entertainment for, uh, (laughs) around the phenomenon (laughs) is specifically about cryptids. Yeah. Like, Oh man, I, I, what fucking channel did destination America turn into? I think it turned into the travel channel, but anyway, there was like a bunch of dumbass 
amazing shows on that network that was there was like uh the hillbilly monster hunters or something oh, like that oh yeah i caught that. i fucking love that show it's wildly entertaining swamp um, monsters and all that bullshit yeah, yeah and then they had one that was just basically like uh like monster quest but redneck style that was where i learned a lot about like the skunk ape and all the different like uh eastern and southeastern um variations on bigfoot you know where some of regionally it might not even be considered bigfoot just kind of bigfoot like but it's our own thing you right, know right yeah no no absolutely i think i think we gotta give it its own due for sure you know yeah and like i we said we could talk think, about um, it more for sure yeah yeah um shane's willing to come back i just gotta throw some dates at him uh and then david ellis too is willing to come back and i think that's neat because when we had him on the first time <clears throat> it's really tough when you get like three guests and you can't really round when you, you have three cover. hosts it's very tough it's a very very tough thing so i would love to get shane by himself i'd love to get david ellard by himself and just talk about uh the audio and and uh, you know the audio recordings that some people have i think that's what fascinates me the most just because they're so god i yeah uh, uh i'm with you you know i'm with you on that too because like a lot of the video or photographic evidence is like, if you need enhancements to show me what you're talking about, thank you. Then I'm not really you, you sure it's me. worth talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. You Same know? with anything, you know, but it's especially when you know with Bigfoot for sure. So yeah, like it's one thing to zoom in and draw a circle and say this is what we're talking about, but when you have to like completely alter the photo to bring something yeah. out to show someone something it's like well it's, it's i mean so, is that really it, there is that just what you want to like see like it looks like a bad first version of pac-man it's like really okay no, yeah you're so pixelated close. it's like is this so. even a, a fucking photo anymore right, right. but anyway but yeah. yeah but folks that was the recap um definitely we'll give them more due i think in the future um stand by we're actually going to have news for our next episode and then we have some guests lined up as well i'll be seeing you gents you and john uh, in what July sixth, I think I fly in, so we'll be doing some actual, you know, in person. I feel like stuff. that's a month away, but that's like the week after next, I think. Yeah, it's real, it's sneaking up on us for sure. So, and then listeners, uh, we also for patrons, and we have not we talked about it, we haven't booked it yet for patrons. We want to do a patron on the table. Um, it was really fun when we did it last time, and I know we've been asked. We just gotta we just gotta fit it in, you know. So, but um, again, patrons, there's about an hour, a little over an hour, special episode that will partner with this one. Uh, it's got the interviews. Check it out. Uh, if you are not a Patreon member, you can be at patreon.com slash uncles, or sorry, patreon.com slash strange uncles. And then you can email us if you have a Bigfoot story or a cryptid story or any other questions uh, that we can kind of help you with or promote by all means. You can email us at strangeuncles at gmail.com. Or if you're really daring, you can call us at 801-252-69. I miss John. Oh, 45, I know. Yeah, he was the hoot and holler for sure. So, um, but let us know. We'll definitely advertise it. We'll definitely throw everything out there. Uh, how are we looking on promos, sir? Uh, well, you can follow our uh, fairly tame social media <laughs> adventures <laughs> at uh, Strange Uncles Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we are also at Strange Uncles on Twitter. Um, Shane retweets all sorts of interesting uh paranormal stuff from that account so follow it for sure uh we have a youtube channel um we may or may not 
put some stuff up on there sometime <laughs> soon. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, I, we'll, I thought about we'll, throwing some video for this, but I couldn't get my recorders and stuff together. So apologies, but it would have been neat to post some of that on there for sure. Okay. So nothing soon, but there might be something up there at some point. One of these days. Um, yeah. Anyway, go check out our YouTube channel, subscribe to it. Maybe that'll motivate us to do more stuff with it. Um, I think that's about it. I think so. I think so. We're looking good there. Um, keep in mind, we uh, publish this weekly, and we took a little bit of a hiatus. Hopefully, if you guys remember, I did some sneak peek stuff on Patreon again, you know, things that you can have out there. So hopefully you listen to those. And I don't know, man. Uh, I guess we can kind of wrap this things up. John should be around next time. Again, news. We should be looking good for that. And then uh, just can't wait to see you guys. It'll be nice to see you in person for sure. Hell yeah. We're going to party absolutely or you know whatever well that, try whatever so. old guy version of that is <laughs> we're gonna sure. have like a couple beers and be like oh man my back tired. my neck my back anyway awesome josh thank you man appreciate it hopefully you enjoyed the the uh the catch up on this um definitely worth its time wildly entertaining yeah. my friend yeah by all means close the gates